Good morning, Mr. Shackman. Yes, yes, it's morning. Come on now, let's hurry up then. Okay, so what the hell is this? It's this toast, bro. It was prepared by Jeremy. I was honestly expecting more. Okay, it's toast. Prepared in the kitchen by way of a toaster. The bread was first defrosted before placement in the toaster. The bread was allowed to defrost and then toast for 3 minutes and 14 seconds. It was created for this podcast. Am I in the right place? Yes, it, it, this is executive summary toast. Straight to the point, we've covered all the necessary details. Let's get going with the main crop. 3.14 seconds, Jackman. I was expecting a fucking pie. <laughs> Your punchline just got better because of pie. <laughs> it really did. <laughs> Alright, what have you learned this week? Guinness World Records. Of course it is. Of course it is. I, I don't know how I found this one. Um, <laughs> it's an off record and it was set in Macedonia. I don't know I don't know a damn thing about Macedonia, but if this is the sort of thing that happens there, it's it's not on my bucket this place to go. <laughs> but an Italian person called Silvio Saba shelled a hard boiled egg unpricked in two point six six seconds. And that's a world record. Good goodness. That's up uh, yeah. I, I don't know whether you need very old wrinkly hands yeah, yeah, like or, or like long nails or claws. I, uh, and I just thought, number one, I'm not a hard-boiled fan person, but yeah. all I know is the times that I've had to do it, why? What a painful, what a painful thing to do. You know, it's much yeah, easier to like just one hand smash the thing and then fry it up. Yeah, no, 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 exactly. Because then you don't have admin to do. There's nothing like having to pick off the every little shell because you know you're going to get a crunchy part at some point. Exactly. And you never actually yeah. want to do it again. And, and it got me thinking in mm. terms of sort of weird, weird tasks where you know you could say, all right, hard-boiled eggs are used in industry i wonder how yes. fast the machines that currently do that or peel potatoes or peel carrots or anything and you know the funny thing is i can't honestly remember the last time i saw a fourth year project involving food production we've had yeah. uh, glass recycle machines yeah. we've had uh, paper shredders we've had all kinds of nonsense like that but in terms of and, and i suppose it's because none of us are really exposed to mass agriculture or, or mass processing but yeah we almost we're at the we most of the projects end up dealing with the early stuff, so it's the farming rather than the actual. Like I was, I was literally thinking about this. If you were to work out how many Coke bottles are filled every single day, mm. the machine which talks on the the lid. Oh yeah, yeah. If there's a one percent energy save in that, how much energy can you save? If if you were to do it slightly it's, differently, yeah, you think it's it's a hell of a lot. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, if the thing that applies the label. Um, if you can cut half a newton out of it or, yeah. or something like that, how much energy can you save? The stuff that folds the lids of all the paper boxes that are used for all the products, if if the cardboard could be thinner or the force could be done easier, like I was just thinking, like it's astonishing. And we don't ever see that because mm. you take proper sort of automated processes as being perfect. You know, you watch them mm. on how it's made. It's you know, yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. you know shelling yeah, almonds or something and that's a case of, and stuff. Okay, well that's that's perfect. But you work out in an industry, general households in South Africa don't actually use that much power compared to most of the industries. Yeah. And you think, uh, saving, I haven't seen a fourth year project, which is, well, what can we do about a bakery um, or, I, I was, or, or was, making you know, crisps or something? I, I was thinking of it actually in the sense of your, your mass processing plants. I, I'd expect them to have aimed as best possible it's not like they're just letting any old system Correct. work but certainly then saying for those 
um, in a very large inverted comments, homemade or more yeah. hand-done style things there. Their projects, and I mean, there used to be the industrial projects where it was, yes. you know, they're, they're processing their, their Look at an entire restaurant yeah, and see exactly. what you can kind of do. But what I think, the one that, that's sort of picking up, seems to be picking up a lot of popularity, are those sort of ready meals. I mean, it's almost like you had in the yes. 1960s, your TV dinners. Now we're almost getting back to them because people are working late, you don't have time to cook, you get home, throw in the microwave, throw in the, the, uh, the uh, what's the little thing you... Um, air fryer. Thank you, thank you. Air fryer. I was thinking pressure cooker. Don't, don't throw chickens in pressure. Well, I suppose you can. But I'm getting off topic. Anyway, um, the, that sort of how can we reduce the energy in those sort of points there for things like if you're making a um, an egg salad or something like that, you're not putting a raw egg in your salad for yeah. health reasons, and, and you're not putting fried eggs in it. So you, you're needing to do boiled eggs um, as an example. Purely, how the hell would you have an automated system of some sort de-shell? Yeah, and the thing is, I think well, places know. that do that, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing if you were to run an airline kitchen, you know, where it's like, okay, you're yeah. going to do an egg salad. Okay, for, okay, if you've got a little 737, okay, how many eggs do you need for 150 people? And the answer is, you also don't want a whole person spending a whole day shelling eggs. No. Because there's going to be a lot of chips out of the eggs because they're going to try and try and do them quickly. There's going to be lots of mistakes. Yes. So, what, you know, do you do you use like sort of rubber rollers or brushes to try and crush the egg into like a, a Leonardo da Vinci mosaic, and then try and use like Harpersha air that's just enough, or do you use water <laughs> to get in? I don't actually know. Would you use a vibrating bed? There are obviously machines for it. Yeah. And I suspect the company where uh, you know a Dyson type experimentalist just stuffed around. Oh, in yes, mom's I'm, kitchen I'm, I'm with sure, yeah. vacuum cleaners and chainsaws and creepy crawlies, etc., with all kinds of stuff to try and get something to work. That person probably has the world market buying machines from them, and yeah. it's a world that I certainly don't have any exposure to. I mean, when yeah. you're going to a, I mean, you know, gone are the days where like your supermarket shops used to run a mega bakery at the back. Yeah. These days, it's very limited. Yeah, it's no, sort exactly, of like a yeah. home industry because exactly. it, it's done in mass, but. I honestly don't know who, who who would make these machines, and there's obviously big business there because processed food is is, is definitely yeah. on the rise. It's uh, convenient, it's easier, and these days you don't even have to go to the shops. You can just have it. Oh yeah, you know, have it pull it up while you order it while you leave work, and then when you get home, it arrives twenty minutes after you get there, and Bob's your uncle type thing. Um, so so it's an industry which is well. Where would you get the data on all that stuff from? Um, and and where yeah. could you go and see it? It's actually a really tricky tricky thing. Yeah, you'd almost, I mean, I think the industry is so varied at the moment from sort of home cooks that have sort of commercialized so that they're making food for a business um, in some sort of the old mass production sort of uh, meals things. I think think from a design perspective, I think what would be the interesting thing to look at is, A, okay, once you've got the data to say, to establish there is a need for this and what you need to do. It's similar to the previous podcast where we discussed identifying right this is the problem and then what what it needs to do i think the 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 next part to it would be identifying the alternatives because i think there are reasons maybe not reasons per se but i think there might be better alternative ways of doing certain cooking methods that are better if done automated or by machine or on a mass production (coughs) and the one i think in terms of if you want a more hard boiled egg or you want a boiled egg 
would it not be maybe better to poach the egg so you can crack it more easily let it poach you i mean you'd be able to swirl or whatever or use vinegar and stuff to keep it combined and stuff and and whatnot um and mass produce it that way you could essentially get close to it i think depending on what you again it depends on what you need to actually necessarily produce yeah. but then what would you say is okay so let's go off eggshells what, what would you say is more complex meal types to then potentially make you know mass production but not not tinning food not i mean i saw the other day tinned hamburgers yeah um, i've had one disgusting <laughs> <laughs> any any can which has got things like that in it, where you pick it up, where the expiry date is seven years from the date of purchase, you have to wonder. You have to wonder. Okay, so besides our, our tin food, there's nothing wrong with, with, with tin food. Certainly, you know. Well, anyway, we're getting off topic. But um, what what do you think would be some of the more complex meals to automate or move? And not we're not talking automation in terms of the robot chefs that you know have your work in your kitchen do your cutting. We're talking mass production. Automation. I think it comes down to what are the kind of very popular type meals. So you know things like a, a, a prepped salad. If you if you if you were oh, to yeah. do things which have got, so I mean for example, let's assume you had a, a ready meal which was um, uh, egg fried rice or something mm. like that. That's not done with hard boiled eggs. That's no. done where you crack the egg and yes, then you yeah, kind yeah, of whisk yeah, it into yeah, that yeah, like yeah. thing and then it gets chopped up afterwards. Yeah, Th- that's a separate type process. But not a lot of egg goes into it. It's no. actually quite a small amount. Yes, yeah. So if you were to, I would say you'd have to start off by thinking what are the main kind of ready meals. And they're more the kind of lasagnas, I was gonna say pies, pastas, pastas yes, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Um, now, there you've got an interesting thing with pasta where, you know, the amount of energy required to cook it. Well, to make it, first of all, you've got to, the whole process. And as any form of engineering problem, do you focus on the chickens and then the eggs and then the egg transport and how that's done and look at that before you get to how much energy it takes to bloody boil and then shell it in a factory because if the egg comes from KZN but then it first goes to Richards Bay then it gets distributed and then it comes back to Joburg and then it ends up going into a Woolworths ready meal um, isn't it better to just organize that the egg comes from yeah. somewhere out in Benoni or whatever the case is um, you, you have to you know, I, I think you've got to sort of chop off a whole lot of the yeah. weird food logistics <laughs> yes, no, no, you, stuff because yes. I'm absolutely sure that when the, the trucks for any of the big brands cross over the N1 somewhere between Craddock and Bloemfontein, there are <laughs> eggs from Joburg going to Cape Town and there are eggs from Cape Town going to Joburg. Yeah. I'm absolutely <laughs> sure of it. Um, <laughs> it. It actually kind of got me thinking as an interesting sort of perspective. And it, it comes back to that, there was that adage where they're, the bombers would land world war ii and they looked at okay cool here's the impact points on on the bombers okay where do we need to put armor on and the answer is not where their bullet holes it's where there's not because those bombers never came home yeah you know, when you shot there you, you don't exactly come okay so in, maybe the interesting question is not what ready meals are there and how do we do it better or what ready meals are not done what are not done that's an interesting one because you know if you were to do things like there's nothing wrong with with, with eggs and you think there's also nothing wrong with quite a lot of veggies which you don't see as, as being major sort of popular things mm. but maybe the cost of that would be literally half of what a lasagna would cost just from the energy cost yeah. and, and cost of uh, say beef mince or something like that yeah I, I mean yeah so the, the ones I'd say you gotta be careful is your quickly perishable sort of items that decolor I think maybe even decoloring is the, is the one or wilting that it doesn't yeah. look appealing 
So yes. the shelf life is way too short, and that's why you don't do it as a ready meal. Yeah. While your pastas and stuff like that, they, tend they, to be... they actually tend to improve. I mean, le- leftover lasagna oh, is yeah. much better than oh, just ask Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> and, and things like any form of curry. Type I was going to say curry as well. Exactly um, the flavor. Definitely best. But if you were doing any form of you know, like stir fry, any form of stir fry is, it's okay the next day, but it's not going to be no, good for a week. It's not like, as like good. Lasagna would be. Um, I, and it sort of gets me on to less on sort of ready meals, but how could you, it would almost actually be even different from mass production. Say you, you wanted your TV dinner steak without it being a microwave steak per se. Is there a way that you could basically throw it in? There are, say, some um, sweet potato chips on the side. You got your steak and you got some veg. You know, could you have it that you design your container so that it would cook the steak the right way, the chips in the right way, and your veg would not be overcooked, or burnt, or whatever the case is? I think. I mean, for example, if you were to take the thing of chips and and steak. I mean, I I have done it the same. The only thing you have to do in the air fry with the two of them is is realize that <clears throat> when a steak goes into an air fry, quite a lot of moisture comes yes, out of yeah. it. And the same with potatoes. So you kind of have to do batch one to a yeah, certain yes, level, yeah. then get the steak in, and then you kind of finish them all for the last two minutes at about the same time. It takes a few goes to get it correct, but then it is a one yeah. pot ready type thing. And the thing is, well, in a mass production facility, you could get it where all you have to do is basically in, in let's say an air fryer or convection oven or something or in a in a microwave i mean you can you could you know it's not going to be the world's greatest steak but you could certainly have one which is cooked correctly which just has to be kind of warmed up and then the, the cooking goes to whether you want it medium or rare but the point is yeah no one eats medium chips or rare chips like, <laughs> the chips have to be done yeah yeah no no exactly without going soggy so i think an air fryer would definitely suit it or else uh, a grill in an yeah. oven or something something like dry hot heat would be fine to finish it you could do that but then the production process is no longer just a cold kitchen type thing no you know or, or just a hot kitchen type thing it's a it's a kind of mix of things i think in order to like it's just and maybe this is why we're not seeing these problems in, in the fourth year projects is there's a lot of background work you have to do in order to actually define what the problem is i mean even if you were to do it i would say that the perfect steak and and chips from ready to there is actually a wonderful research project because but the steak is exactly. modeled as a thermodynamic thing that, that starts life as well if it comes out of the fridge it'll be four or five degrees it's got all of these properties yes, it's yeah. got a volume it's got a width and a height and a length and then you've got potatoes and you can then use your standard thermodynamic type stuff you could even for a research project test a couple of these we haven't had a student do <laughs> i mean watch uh, next I, year yeah, i have volunteers the schools, <laughs> the schools buying carrot beef by the truckload to get this correct <laughs> i mean yeah i mean i can see what you're going to be supervising next year <laughs> <laughs> i'm putting all these projects out it's like the ultimate cheeseburger <laughs> Atkins for the, the budget is going to be like, why are you asking for 30,000 rands? Like, it's just, it's, it's a lot of resources. You can see Atkins supervising an Atkins diet. <laughs> I'll start up a new diet. It's going to be incredibly unhealthy. We'll call it the Shakeman diet and we'll research it. Toast and steak. Exactly. I, I mean, it, it's also not necessarily, it might not necessarily actually become a mechanical engineering research project. It'd be an interesting one to look into, but it might also become from meats a, a thing of health in terms of when you potentially pre-cooked or par-cooked something, let it sit in a fridge, let it sit in a freezer. It, it, I mean, it, it, it comes down to the fact that if you were to, say, take um, chicken breasts, mm. they don't actually sell 
parkour versions of them. No. And, and you think, why not? Because you could definitely like blitz all the bacteria on the outside. And then if you wanted to do stir fry, you yeah. would take this thing which has already been sealed, sterilized, yes, yeah. the works. And then you could, you could chop it up. You could do strips. You could do whatever. Because it's not properly cooked. You still have to finish it. But yes. it's parkooked. Therefore, it's going to have a longer shelf life. You wonder why. Uh, what about, but surely like your, your crumb chickens and stuff like that you have in the frozen section. Some of those are, are like I would say frozen stuff. Most of it is like, I mean, if you buy oven ready um, frozen chips that are actually pot Yeah, yeah, they're, they're pot cooked at that point. But I, yeah, I don't know. I think, well, I think the case is what you, you then got to have it as whatever, when your second round of cooking has to then get back up to that 160 degrees or, or 165 just so that if anything has returned, anything has stayed, you just you're killing it, and then yes, take it off at that point. Um, yeah, at that point, we, I, I suppose in this way, then, and, and this is where when we're doing polymer identification of this sort, once you've found if your polymer looks like it is going down that route of it is not mechanical because it's more uh, biomedical or something of that sort, it's still a problem. It's still there. It doesn't mean you now force it to be like I'm going to ignore that and I'm going to design a compact, low energy frying pan that can work with batteries and stuff like well, that. Well, here, here's the thing. If you were to do what faultiers need to do in terms of analysis, you buy a steak, you buy some potatoes. You go home, you chop up the potatoes into chips, and now you air fry the thing. Yeah. What is the total energy required to refrigerate a raw steak and mm. normal potatoes versus you cook them from scratch upwards versus if you bought more expensive because the energy, the shop has yeah. it's happened somewhere else, the cost of pre-cooked chips versus a pre-cooked steak where you only needed four minutes in an air fry versus 10 or 15. Is is there a mass production energy save which could be yeah. to advantage? And I'm sure there is. I just don't know if the steak, you know, I just don't know if the steak's going to be that good. Or, no, or, well, that's or, it. Or, or is it the sort of thing where if, if it was a case of there was this food delivery type stuff, what if you could do... You, you, you ordered it on your way home, so it got there, but yeah. it was pre-cooked. You just had to finish it off because then you only have four minutes of three kilowatts in an air fryer as opposed to you get home and then there's all the time in the world. So it's, it's a pre-ready but not ready yet option. I mean, the alternative is there is, is looking at, at that side of things where the shopping center takes care of the cooking. So it is effectively... They can mass so it is it is effectively I suppose it's ordering from a restaurant, but that they can do it in the sort of in their bakery section, their pre. So how do using their existing bakery section, their cooking section, and food prep section set up that they can do more complex meals? Do you have your steak sous viding, your meat sous viding in in the background there? Cool, there's something up for an order for steak or whatever. I mean, I think it'll probably become a logistic issue in just knowing how much meat do you have going and... That's an interesting one because, I mean, if you work out, how would you... Well, in terms of distribution, using Oaks and Motorbikes to do this wouldn't wouldn't work. Not, not for a city. No. But it, if you were to use that, plus the fact that how many of these little shops, depending on whichever brand it is, do you pass on the way home versus other distribution systems which could be part of this, like petrol stations where you could literally just drive through collect your stuff because you know it's there um you're not stopping for fuel but there is there's room to yeah. do that sort of stuff you could n not for the entire city it, it wouldn't work but you could certainly do it more yeah. than what's currently done oh no no exactly i'm actually thinking what about a you know bring back food trucks well i would say that this probably would work perfectly in 
in complexes. Yes. Where it's a case of, okay, now you don't want this to be like the army where the bell rings in at yeah, half past yeah. six. It's dinner time for everyone, whether you like it or not. You, you definitely wouldn't want that. But it, it's certainly no. easier in uh, for like distribution centers where you've got the high density type stuff because then your relative distances are, are quite short. You know, you could work out, um, you, you order this, okay, you go in the queue and all the orders have to be in by, you just have a couple of basic rules. Um, oh, not quite it? as bad as combat juggling. And then yeah. between, between, between this time and that time, um, the, the logistics bit will put the deliveries together for that complex and then they'll all be delivered at the same time type thing. Or, you could certainly do that. Sort or of even thing. changing up, could you, okay, so if we look at food deliveries, one potential issue is depending on where the food's being delivered from, by the time it gets to you, it's, it's on the lukewarm side of things. Maybe it's, it's like your chips are a little bit on the soggier side if you're getting chips or whatever. Could you convert that... Um, your stuff finishes cooking in the car on the route there. Now you'd have to have, I mean, it's a essentially a food truck, but so the drive, you only need the one person, maybe a second person there to move from, from fry, safe fry. So you're moving over speed bumps and stuff, you know, moving over in that terrain and stuff like that, cook a meal so that when it gets to you, it is, just I think come. you'd probably do that truck a bit like how the airlines do the, you know, it's a, oh, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a tray of these yes, things yeah. that goes in and all the steaks are in this container thing and yeah. then that all gets brought up to heat during the drive and then you've got everything else in there and then it's a thing of um, a bit like how you do it on airplanes but you could have one or two helpers or you could just automate that whole thing. Yeah, um, oh, exactly. It's, yeah. it's pulling out a tray. These two trays go together and then there's yours waiting, two, boom, three, boom, whatever. And then drive up, open here, here's your delivery, but it's there and there made. It's like it's just come off the grill sort of thing. Yeah. I think that could be, that could be, that would be an interesting sort of mechanical engineering sort of project. That would, yes. Um, and, and again, I think there you could make it where maybe the, the variety's not immense. So, no, no, so, no, so, no. I mean, it's, it's a burger if, joint. Or it's that's a, right. If you walk up to a hot dog truck, guess what? You're not going to order. <laughs> you're not going to order visa. Uh, you know, you're not vegan, going for the sushi. Uh, at the hot dog. Exactly. <laughs> you're not going for the sushi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's the case. Is you know, you could have a series of projects. You know, one where it's the the, the, the burger joint or the rib joint or whatever the case is, um, because there's some of those ones you can par cook them and it is on the route there and there. It's one of those interesting things. If you would take a, <coughs> I don't know, you stand a one and a half ton truck and convert it into one of those things. If it was a, a burger truck, okay, so it, a burger needs to be assembled fresh. Yes. Okay, yeah. But there's the toast that we've discussed before, yes, the toasting yeah. of the buns to perfection, um, <laughs> not the way Jeremy does them. And then there's the, the burgers and stuff like that. But your, your assembly, that would basically stop the, the McDonald's, the, the crazy McDonald's queue you could eyeball all the people in the cars in one particular thing and work out if you pulled out outside a complex um, and it was the, the hamburger thing followed yeah. by the stir fry truck or whatever it was, you could either order as you go, yeah. so like an Uber type system, or else it's a case of um, the, the hamburger truck does hamburgers, but yeah, just yeah. chicken we, and beef we, and whatever We've pre-arranged, they will be here Wednesday night, everyone's getting food. Exactly, you basically it. just rock up and then you, you get the stuff. You could do the cooking en route. Yeah. And, and, and continuously, depending on your supply. And, and there, I mean, then you rent the truck out for sporting events. Cool, rock up, you have your sporting event, we, we can make the burgers and stuff for there, and then has uses elsewhere. So you're increasing your production. Your, your footprint, your you're use. using it more, more yeah, of. You exactly. can do um, school school runs, you could yeah. use, uh, yeah. Well, that, that's an interesting one. Disaster sort of regions and stuff like that. Roll and, up. Yeah, jeez. Um, um, you got to, you know, not overinflate the problem into being bigger than it needs to be, but you can talk about 
if we, can we do a small change that would make this actually now suitable as a disaster response? I can see myself jackhammering some foundations to bring a building down so I get you in sponsored <laughs> burgers for breakfast, lunch, and supper. <laughs> It's a little of a small seismic charge. Oh, there was an My earthquake. My house fell down. It's the only one in the block which got hit by the tornado. Please can I have free all-you-can-eat sticky ribs? Yeah, fourth-year project. How can you replicate the, the de demolition of a tornado in your house? <laughs> Just blasting key points. <laughs> How do you hit your foundation? Right? Yeah. Ethically, this might be shady, but let's not worry about that. But we'll catch you in the next one. Thanks very much for listening. Cheers.